On this edition of the Scott Radley Show podcast, we are having a chat tonight about so many of the things that are going on related to coronavirus. The economy is in the tank, schools are being closed, sports are shutting down. It is a remarkable, remarkable time. Uh, We don't even have time here to talk about every single bit of it, but we'll go through a bunch of them and offer some thoughts and some opinions and some information about what is going on in the world during one of the crazier, crazier days that we can remember. Stay with us. Today on the Scott Radley Show on 900 CHML. We decided that tonight we're going to do what we normally would do on a Friday. And we're going to be discussing these. Had brought Jamie West in from, uh, he, you know who he is. He's years ago, he was on CHCH for those who go back that far. But now, well, let me turn your mic on. Uh, now he's been on CHML. He does a show every Saturday called What Were You Thinking? Yeah. Um, he's also the executive producer of this show, but that's uh, that's just a little side action for him. Well, I'll little, tell you. Little, a little lark to say, oh, let's see if we can put Radley on the air and have a few laughs at that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, th- we have so many things, Jamie, to... Uh, I wanted to bring you in because uh, the list, I mean, it was impossible to get people for all the topics today. They were changing so fast. I wanted to bring somebody in and just go through these because this, this coronavirus story, uh, I said it just a moment ago, other than 9-11 or since 9-11, I can't remember another story that's had as many moving parts as this one. Neither can I. I mean, the only thing that comes close for me being around news locally would be the Caledonia occupation story in 2006. That was a local story, and that was a very, very fluid thing for about six hours uh, that day. I think I was on the air uh, doing the afternoon talk show for about six hours straight. But no, there's been nothing else since the, the, the and of course we didn't have the Twitter sphere mm-hmm. back then and, um, and Instagram and right. TikTok and Facebook. We have Facebook, but I mean, it was, it's a very different world. We, I was talking to my wife last night at home and I said, what do you remember? Cause me, the answer is almost nothing. I said, what do you remember about SARS? Yeah, and, and sir, for me, is almost nothing. I remember Do- Donald Lowe, the infectious disease specialist in Toronto, being interviewed every two minutes. He was great. He uh, gave and the a, concert and the concert with the ACDC <laughs> and the Rolling Stones. And, honestly, I was there, but that's that's yeah, about Townsview. That's about the extent of what I remember. Now, had we had Twitter and everything else, I guarantee you that the way that that situation played out would have been far more remembered and we would have been far more engaged or trapped. I'm not sure which is the word. I agree. Um, and you know, the, the news that's rolling through in the last 24 hours, maybe even more so in the last 12 to 15 hours, I think people should view as a good thing. And here's why we're starting to get information that indicates that, uh, People are listening to the scientific experts who've been really uh, pushing in the last uh, few days to have us listen to what is required uh, to do our part uh, to mitigate uh, this thing based on their years of expertise. And I'm talking about those big announcements from the NBA. You You shouldn't be panicked about big league sports saying, okay, we're going to just shelve things for a little while here and cool it. That should be a reassuring thing to you because it, what it says is we're smart business people who recognize the credibility of the people that know about this stuff, and we're taking it seriously, and you should too. Well, it could be one of two ways. You're, that, that answer is true. 
The other answer, if you're someone who is leaning towards the panic side of things, and there are plenty of people who are in full panic right now, is, holy crap, sports is even shutting down. This is really time to panic. So you're going to you're gonna look at their actions and the actions of all these other people we're going to talk about tonight, mm. probably entirely based on your worldview of where you're coming, whether you're a panicker. And, and if you don't know where you are standing on this right now, if you are thinking, I don't know if I'm panicking more than the average person, listen tonight. And everything we talk about, if you go, holy jumping, that's done, maybe you're panicking. And if you're going, wow, that's reassuring, say, okay, maybe you're a little less panicking. I'm going to say this and then I'll be quiet for a minute. That Don't forget, and we've talked about this before, things like panic and outrage are in fashion. Sure they are. And so... Outrage, for sure. That bothers me. Like, people love to be upset about things, just in general. Forget about facts and evidence. They just love being upset about stuff. Because somehow in the social media world, that makes us all feel powerful because we're competing with each other online for who can be the most uh, concerned. Well, I made the horrible mistake, and I, and I, you know, I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but not really, the horrible mistake of going on Twitter a few times today. And I'll tell you this. It doesn't matter who it was who was tweeting something out about something that was happening today or whatever. What's that old law that says that any within six posts on social media, someone will mention Hitler? There's a Godwin's law. Godwin's law. Is that true? I didn't even know that. I'm not on. If you post something, there's a a made up law that says (laughs) within six posts, someone will turn this thing into calling you a Nazi or invoking Uh. Hitler. This is the same kind of thing almost, not with Hitler or the Nazis, but within just a few posts, it didn't matter how benign the post was, how encouraging the post was, how factual, somebody was mad at somebody. Somebody, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're an idiot, you're a jerk, you're whatever. It didn't matter. And so you're right. So we have this thing where you have people who are scared and so you lash out and there are many things though. We're going to... Well, I mean, we're not going to go through them all in the next minute and a half. We've got some time to do this today, but we've got schools closing. We've got sports leagues shutting down. We've got the Juno Awards that are shut off. We've got the stock market going into full meltdown. That's not um, good. That's not good. Uh, I'm glad the schools are closing and we can talk about that. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. In studio with Jamie West, we are spending the next couple hours talking about everything that has gone on today with News spinning out of the coronavirus or the COVID-19 or whatever you want to call it. We need more than two hours. We need a lot of hours. And thankfully, Bill and Scott today have covered this stuff great here earlier leading into us. And the news wheel has been great. So if you've been listening to CHML, you have had the information you need. But boy, Jamie, there has been a ton. Let's start with this. This broke probably two hours ago, maybe not even two hours ago. I can, in fact, tell you exactly when as I'm looking this one up because we got a press release from the Minister of Education mm-hmm. that came out uh, came out four o'clock. So yeah, a little over two hours ago. And after March break, which begins on March the 14th, the two weeks now after March break, all publicly funded schools in the province are going to be closed. And I, you know, I can see why, what the thinking was behind this. People are going to go away for March break or they're going to hang out with their friends or do whatever. So let's have two weeks afterwards because that's, that's the quarantine time. Yep. We can't quarantine it during the March break because we know they're going to be out hanging out with people. So let's make it so that we have a two-week quarantine and then we'll hopefully come back after that and yep. everything will be cleared up. You agree with this? Yeah, totally. I mean, this this was 
This was based on the advice of Dr. David Williams, Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health, and it makes complete sense. I, it's funny because as I was going around today, and you were, everybody around the media is talking to other colleagues and people in the community, and the one thing that was occurring to me was I was thinking, when, when is an announcement going to come about the schools? Because there is no bigger uh, Petri dish, uh, you know, germ factory than the schools. You can tell kids till you're blue in the face to wash your hands. They're not going to do it. They're going to keep picking their noses. They're going to keep not washing their hands. Um, if they're at home or in a more, I don't know, a more structured environment, well, that's a whole other thing. It just made sense to me that we don't keep bringing them out, putting them back in and bringing those germs back. It just makes sense to me. Yeah, and some people, some people, and this year's lost. No, well, and some people said, well, you know, why, didn't, over. why didn't they have them start tomorrow then? Why send them to school on that, the Friday? That's a good question. It's a fair question, except again, you're going into March break, so you know that even if you keep them home from school, they're still going to be around. And it's got more to do with that whole piece, the whole piece about uh, March break and and. Normally, a lot of people would travel. Some wouldn't, but they'd be, be involved in large group, maybe activities, whether that be uh, outdoor acti- winter activities, skiing or what, or recreational sports and activities, so on and so forth. So I think that's a great call. I was actually happy to hear that. It's, it's inconvenient. I'm lucky, uh, m- way more than most people, because I've got flexibility in my job. I, I work from home. My office is at home, and I can look after a bunch of kids. Uh, and supervise them during that time. I realize that a lot of people aren't in that boat, and I hope that there's going to be some provision uh, to help those people out because they've already been through enough with the strikes. And isn't it ironic that on a day we get an announcement like that that the Catholic teachers mm-hmm. get a tentative agreement? Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those weird days. There is a website that I keep getting links to. Uh, many people probably listening have checked it out. It's a site. I don't even know who runs it, but it's an ongoing, updated number of the coronavirus cases and who's died and who's survived and who's recovered and all the rest. And I didn't realize till today that if you scroll down to the bottom of this, and again, many people have seen this website, there are links that say you can break it down by country or by gender or by age or whatever. And the number of people under 60 who have died, who have got the disease and died. So fatalities from this disease works out to less than 1% of all the people who have got it. Yeah. So when you're talking about the schools, yes, I know teachers are there. I don't think there's a ton of teachers still. There's some, but not a ton over 60 years old. The kids who are in schools and their parents are all in the category where you might get this disease, you might get this virus. Chances are, though, it's not going to kill you, and it probably, unless you're compromised, it's not going to... I know, but it's the community as a whole, and it's them being vectors. It's not about them getting sick. It's about them being vectors. That's a fancy word for carriers yeah, or, or germ bags, but the, as I call them. Germ bag, yeah. But the point is <laughs> to have them go in tomorrow, uh, again, it's to me, it's it's not like you're sending them into a death trap for one more day not of them. school. No, not them, not the teachers, not even their 30-year-old uh, 30 something, early 40-year-old something parents, but grandma and grandma. <laughs> Uh, who may be well, know, and, and so this picking is, them up. This is where you. This is where you get now. That it, that's the problem. We are normally Jamie with our society. We expect people to behave like adults and make wise choices and make choices that are going to be wise for your behavior. We don't ask. We don't expect people to go lick a handrail because you know that you're going to get sick if you do that. And with this particular thing, it seems to me that we. The reason I mentioned those numbers, we know who are truly mostly being affected by this illness. 
it's older people or people who are compromised already mm-hmm. with respiratory issues. Those people to me also bear some responsibility that if you know this is going on, this is a good time for you to do something for yourself and say, you know what? I'm 80 for the next two weeks. I'm going to have my kids bring me some food right. so I can cook and I'm going to stay in my condo or my house, whatever. It may not be fair. It may not be fun. But wise decisions require wise action. Well, and that that agreed, but that applies to everyone. And I I made this argument earlier today that, you know, never mind the hashtag Me Too era. This is the hashtag Me First era that we're in. And we've got to get over the Me First attitude. People need individuals, individuals. Each person has to run around right now and think not about themselves, but think about everyone else around them, including people they don't know in their community and act in a way that's in accordance with what the medical people are telling us, what the scientists are telling us. Just do what they're telling you to do and think about those other people. Don't think about your activities and your parties that are canceled. So I can't go up to strangers and just lick their face? No, there'll be none of that. Not on my watch. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. We are going through talking about a number of the issues and stories from today. A very eventful day with the coronavirus. And we're talking first off today about the school cancellation. If you're just joining us, all public schools in Ontario, after the two weeks after March break are now being shuttered. So you will go away for March break if you have kids. And then that's one week. And then the next two after that, they're not going back to school then either. So three straight weeks, they're going to be off. Jamie, this does mean, leaving the coronavirus part aside for a second, this does mean that the teachers are going to have to stay in school for a couple of weeks at the end of the school year and extend into their summer vacation to teach the stuff that the kids are missing, right? This is Who by says? The, by the time you've taken the days for the strike and PD days and everything else, you, you can't just shave off three or four weeks of the school year and say, we can teach you everything you need to know. Are you kidding me? Like, okay, fine. Like, I agree with you in theory that that's how it should be. It won't be the, and I guarantee you, it won't be the teacher's unwillingness to do that. It'll be parents saying, it's the end of June. We got plans. We're not, we're not sending them to school. We got to... You know, July the 1st is three days away and uh, we're at the cottage. See you later. Well, or, then, then you know what? The, I would tell know, those parents, well, then Johnny is taking grade seven over again because we can't cram into an eight month, eight and a half, nine month, whatever it is, school year by lopping off a month almost of class. Yeah, so get rid of the professional development days, which are, which yes. are just uh, disguised holidays for the teachers. Number one, there's how many of those a year? At least six. Five or six. Okay. There's a week. And um, half a day on Saturdays. Ooh. All right. All right. That, that, that's afternoon a, that, or morning. If that, morning's that, hockey, then it's afternoon. That's a solution. Right I after had, my show. I hadn't even <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, but okay. So yeah, we don't have to go into the summer if we do half a day on Saturdays. Well, what's the big deal? Two and, two and a half hours. The day is only really, what, five hours total of let, teaching time? Come let, on. Let me ask you, what will the response be? If the teachers unions balk and say, no, we're not doing Saturdays or we're not adding time to the end of the school year, what will be the response? Because I, I think you're right. Parents may say we, we want to get to summer holidays, but I also look and say, how do you possibly say we're just going to shave this time off and it's fine? 
it's fine because we're not losing anything. Well, then if you're not losing, no, I've said this before on terrible. the show, it's if you're terrible. not losing anything with this lost time, what are you doing in the class? Look, it's a ser- it, it, that is a serious consideration. That is a serious uh, situation. I mean, you, you g- <laughs> there's already enough concern about the curriculum and uh, math scores and EQAO and all of that. In a normal school year where we don't have strikes, where we don't have uh, rampant viruses uh, going on. And a few um, weather days. Right. You know, so you're raising a very good point there. It needs to be, uh, it definitely needs to be addressed. But I think that there's ways to do it. And I think maybe like everything, you just got to lay down the law and say this is how it's going to be and if your kid isn't there br- you know bring back the truant officers i don't know maybe i live in a naive form of bliss or ignorance that uh, is just too stupid to, for human words well come but, on over it's wonderful <laughs> over here but i am hoping what i would hope to see in the next few days is the student or the, sorry the teachers union leaders proposing a solution for this don't wait for the government to say what we want to impose you have argued for months now that everything you do is for the students. Everything you're fighting for is for the students. Every moment of your working yep. day is Time geared. to chip in. Now you propose a solution for two weeks of lost time plus the strike days. I want to see the teachers unions lead on this one and say, here is how our members are going to help these students who are missing all this lost time. And I'm telling you, if there is one union leader, forget the teachers for a second. If there is one union leader that balks at a suggestion to somehow add some days to replace the lost time, I'm sorry, that will be... To me, and I think to a lot of people listening, that will be a moment where you go, every single thing that you then argued for the last number of months was a complete load of crap. Yeah. Another thing is you could extend the day. You could, you know, we're into uh, the longer... Uh, There's any number. We we have daylight in the evening now. There's any number of ways. So school doesn't end at 3 or 3.30. It ends at 4.30 or or 5 o'clock. That would actually help the economy because... Parents could stay. Well, a lot of parents have their kids in after-school programs that cost them money because they don't get off work at 3 o'clock. So... There's all kinds of ways to get that teaching time back in there. But you're right. I mean, it's got to, it, it would be really calling the bluff of union leaders, wouldn't it? You could not. Well, here's the other one. I thought about this the other day, and, and Graham Mackay did a brilliant cartoon in The Spectator today about this. The teachers may, teachers unions may want to keep their teachers safe by having them teach from home by e-learning. But after arguing that it's horrible for students and unfair and can't be taught, students can't be taught this way, you really, even in a virus pandemic, you can't, suck can't turn around and say, hey, we want to teach from home now. You've, you've made that bed. You can't <laughs> yeah. now turn around and say, that's a good idea. Yeah, you got to lie in that sucker. Because even if you argue, well, it's just temporary, the argument that has been made in this is it's unfair to kids. Kids don't learn. Kids will fall behind. So you can't then say, well, but for a little while, that's fine. Have you, you've probably got the whole technology thing on your list there, Mr. Producer. I don't want to jump you here. But in what I, way? But, well, I want to, this is what I want to say. This situation we're in is really going to put to the test um, our ability to connect with one another uh, in, vir- I want to say virtual environments, but remote environments. You know, the, the, um, the online meeting, mm-hmm. right, where everybody dials into a thing and there's one guy kind of 
It's going to make the, that, a lot of people who have never done that before are going to be doing or it. Or it's going to put all of those apps, all of that technology to the test in the next little while because you've got, well, I can tell, I got a little bit of insight into healthcare and what they're doing. No, I no, but a lot that. of, a lot of companies saying no flying, no business trips, no nothing. You're staying home. If a healthcare, I know we got to run, but if a healthcare professional, a doctor, a nurse, a respirologist, you name it, travels, they going away on March break, they travel. They are automatically quarantined for 14 days when they come back. Can you imagine the crimp that would put on, uh, on the healthcare especially now. system? Especially now. Exactly. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. James Winston West, host of Saturdays. Uh, Saturdays, what were you thinking? That is the name of his show, 10 a.m. Saturday here on 900CHML. I believe, if I'm correct on my scheduling, right after Rick Zamperin does the real estate show. Could be. Could be. I believe. Could be. 10 a.m., yes. And we're going to be live uh, this week. Normally, we tape our program on Thursdays, but we're going to be live this week because there's just too much evolving and happening with this story. Tape it Thursday. It'll be out of date for sure by Saturday. So what's the point? So we're going to come in and do it live on on Saturday. And we'll take your calls, too, if people want to call in. It's opportunity to... Nine oh five. Write, the, write this down. Keep a little note on your fridge. 905-645-3221 or star 9900. You can call Jamie. You can talk to the Jamie West. Right. That doesn't happen often. This is a rare treat. So you can <laughs> and you can talk to him about what's on tap or just about whatever you like. What's on tap at any bar? It's almost mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day too, so we could do that. Whatever. There are two, seemingly, Jamie, there are two streams of thought two ways of feeling people have about the coronavirus situation right now. One is that this is, well, we hear, I mean, it is a pandemic, they've called it, but this is an apocalyptic end of times disaster that is going to chew us all up and cull the herd in a horrible way. And the other is that this is a huge overreaction to something that is, you know, yeah, some people will be affected by this, but look, we yawn at the flu And then this thing is really just an advanced form of the flu. And so what's the big deal? Which side do you tend to not be on fully, but which side do you tend to lean more towards? Wow, that's that's uh, tough. I guess I lean a little bit towards the side of uh, not panicking and not thinking it's apocalyptic. And the reason I lean that way is uh, because no scientists or medical professionals have suggested that that it's apocalyptic from the very beginning and that messaging has not changed from day one um what what has become clear through those medical experts scientific experts is that they're uncertain as to uh, uncertain as to how this virus is going to travel and spread. So what they're doing is they're doing what they can do and they're putting the protocols in place that they know give us the best chance to isolate these pockets of outbreak and treat people and and potentially mitigate it. Nobody knows for sure how this is all going to go, but if you if you take the best steps and use the best tools that you possibly have or the best information anyway, at the outset, and you keep doing that, I think that you give yourself the best chance. And and, and you got to look at the numbers and, and realize that this is the responsible way to go about it. Uh, when, you, when you're not sure how something's evolving and moving, you do what you know will, will work uh, to the best of your abilities, and that gives you a chance 
when the thing evolves further potentially to maybe get ahead of it. And I think that's the, the, been the difficulty is uh, staying ahead of this thing. So should we then, when this thing began to be, that when we when we began to be aware of it in China and when this thing was beginning to make news and we started to hear about this illness, this virus that was spreading so quickly and the doctor who alerted them who he ended up dying after he wouldn't sign a document disavowing this, all this. I mean, people know the story. When we started to hear about this, should Canada have shut its borders to flights from China at that time to say, you know what, we are not going, we can't maybe stop this completely, but we're going to prevent the hotspot people and we're going to prevent people from the hotspot from coming here. Was that, would that have been a wise choice? I think that our, I, I actually have, I have great faith in, in our medical uh, professionals and the people that here in Canada that, that lead um, those uh, departments, federally, provincially, municipally. Um, I think that we've always had better experts. I mean, at least that's what I've heard when I go back to the SARS thing. I go back to the H1N1 thing. I did a lot on H1N1 here at CHML back in 06 or 09, rather, when that was uh, going on. Um, and I have great faith in, in our infectious disease specialists and scientists here. And when they talk, I listen and See, everybody I, else should. I think the United States is a joke. I think that having the leader of the free world stand up and say, this is gone and continue to lie to the people every two seconds about what it is and what it isn't and his hunches. That guy's a psychopathic lunatic and he's done a great disservice to his country. And this will be the thing that gets him out finally. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. In the studio with Jamie West, host of What Were You Thinking? Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. here on the station. And we're talking about everything that's been happening with the coronavirus today. A very unbelievably busy day. And not today, just to backtrack one little bit, we were just talking about this before the break, but we were talking about whether or not Canada's border should have been shut off from planes from China when we first heard about this. And I'll tell you why, whether or not that was a good idea, the reason we never did, and I'm absolutely convinced about this, is because members of the government would be terrified that they'd be accused of racism. That by And, and the irony is, it's not about blocking Chinese people from coming in. It could be white people. It could be Asian people. It could be African-American. It doesn't matter what your color or background is. It's people who have been in the area. But the fear of being accused of being racist, you have that the, the, sort of the hints of the Japanese internment camps or something from the background. You're t- our politicians everywhere are terrified of politically correct accusations of you're this or you're that. And so we, I'm sure that at least in the thought process was we can't do this lest someone say we are racist and we don't want that on our, on our plate. I think that that has to be considered as a, as a possible theory for why that, that didn't happen. I I don't think it's unreasonable to consider that as a, as a possible theory for all the reasons that you, you outlined the political correctness piece, but you know, in this case, I really, I really don't think that is what it was. I think that this was um, back to what we were talking about a, a bit in the beginning of the last segment. I, I think this was more to do uh, with uh, we're not at uh, you know we're, we're not at red alert level 
yet. Also, and we didn't want to tick off China, by the way, because we seem to uh, have a complicated relationship and don't want to ever end our business relationship I with them. I don't think we cared that much. Huawei. Uh, I, I, don't think, I don't think we cared uh, as much about that as uh, the orange-haired uh, crackpot south of the 49th uh, cares about things like that. But I think that we just didn't, our government didn't view this thing um, at that moment as something that it is today. And let's face it, this thing is rapidly evolving and it has everything has changed in 72 hours really in 24 to 48 hours so no i just think that they thought let's let's not go jump in the gun we're listening to our science people we're listening to our medical people when we need to do something we'll do it and that wasn't the time so why have we not shut our borders even now from the areas that there are real hot spots yeah, I don't know. Maybe right that's now, coming. Well, right now... Let me we check have, the wire. No, it has, I haven't <laughs> seen it. Right now, last I checked, what we have at the airports in Canada are signs that say, if you're not feeling well, alert someone. Well, I'm not sure if I have a flight coming over from somewhere that's a hot spot in this. I'm feeling that that's exactly making me comfortable. I think I think if I understand this, and again, I, I don't understand the, the, the full physical structure of what's going on with screening, but I did hear today that, for example... Um, you know, the American security people are over in places like the UK and they're doing their own screening before letting people on planes that will come over to the United States. Are we doing that in in those other nations? I don't know. Um, Maybe we are. you know, maybe maybe we're screening them tougher when they arrive, and 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 if there's an issue, we're quarantining them. I don't know if they're getting tested when they land here. The issue for me, Jamie, is that if we are taking steps to to stop gatherings of people here, if we're taking steps to, and we're going to talk about the economy next it is hour, time to shut the doors. If if it wasn't then, if it wasn't then, then it is now. And we're saying we are so concerned about this that we have to essentially shut our country down for a period of time. Why are we still leaving the back door open? Absolutely, for the dog, the angry dog, to get in. To your point, uh, you know, I made it earlier about the schools and and gatherings of kids and teachers being being germ uh, petri dishes. Well, aircraft are are maybe even more, sure, or or at, at least equal. It's a test so, tube. So, yeah, I agree. And and the same and frankly the same should go for the 49th parallel. Like let's just everybody stay in your place, don't move, and stay where you are, follow those instructions that that the medical people have given you. Um you know, you've all got enough toilet paper now, so you don't have to worry about that. I went, uh, okay, you know what, let me jump in, because we only have a few <laughs> seconds before we go to the next break. That's but how I, bizarre we are. I went to Costco yesterday, because I went to the gym after my show, and my gym has been now closed for coronavirus. So naturally, if you can't work out, the next logical step is go get a hot dog for dinner and a Sunday at Costco. That What, what else <laughs> what would I've be, always adhered to. One, eight, one plus one <laughs> equals two. And I decided I'm going to go to Costco and watch the people panic by and were they? Oh, it is. You got to be kidding me! It is like people I'd are have been stocking punching up people. It's in like there. people are stocking up their bomb shelters for the. Uh, so and, and here's the thing: giant jars of pickles. Well, no, not so much pickles. There were four things that seemed baby to be wipes, toilet paper. Obviously, I, I, how I did not think to invest in toilet paper stocks before the stock market Honestly, went. I could have kept it active. Kimberly Clark, when it was low, I should have bought it. Bottled water, bags of flour, and bags of rice. Oh, God. And it's like I'm looking at this, going, "Are you do Are you really going underground into a bunker for the next seven months? Because that's what it looks like. You're building up your dry goods so that you can survive under there. It's a real statement. Sad one. 
You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie, as we get back to this though, uh, on a, well, sadly, a way more serious note, we were talking about the, the gap between panic and ignore. And there are people at both sides of that overreaction versus full on panic about this thing. You know, it strikes me that when, with what's been going on, most of us, maybe everybody listening, or certainly the vast majority, this is going to have medically little to no impact on. It just is not that the numbers would suggest that correct. you may get it, but chances are, if you're like Tom Hanks, who tweeted out today that he and his wife have it and they got a tiny little bit of a fever and a sniffly nose and that was the extent. So, you know, yep. like a, a mild cold. So chances are, even if you get this, it's not going to do something horrible to you. But my bigger fear now is when we come out of this, when things settle down a little bit, when you look at what's happening in the markets and with everything shutting down everything, we are going to be in the teeth of a really nasty recession. And that scares me almost more than the disease. And I think that that was uh, brewing uh, even before uh, COVID-19. I think that the COVID-19 is just a brute showing up and giving everybody a nice kick in the slats. I do, uh, in terms of the markets. This is bad timing. It's, it is the worst possible time. I think oil was already starting to, uh, to tank. Um, I guess, you know, the, the Saudis and the Russians getting into a, a price war was somewhat unpredictable to the average person. The average person, all they cared about was, hey, the price of gas is, uh, you know, for regulars, 99 cents, which is a good thing uh, for most of us. Um, but careful I careful what you wish for. Well, and now you know we had a half point drop a, a week ago. Uh, the the Fed in the U.S. and the Bank of Canada uh, dropped the interest rate by fifty basis points, and they're saying now that th- there should be probably another drop of seventy five, and that takes us back to recession time. And yeah, I agree with you. I think I think we're heading there. And so the problem that comes out of this thing is that the people who are in panic mode right now, who want to hunker down and buy all the toilet paper and all the other products and never leave their house, whatever, and the economy is not supported in any way because we're not buying. And yesterday on the show, we talked about the travel industry and the cruise ship industry, which is reeling right now and the airlines. That's scary. And sports leagues, and we'll get to that in a few minutes, but sports leagues are all shutting down and all the spinoff of restaurants and bars and hotels and travel. It's dominoes tumbling. It is dominoes. And, you know, some... Some businesses, some some areas of our economy can survive two or three weeks or a month of no income. But others, you start saying we're you're having no income, no revenue into your business for this period of time, they may not be still active as a business when we come out of this thing. Well, I thought about that in terms of the airlines. And I know that people are, don't have a lot of sympathy for the, for the airlines because, you know, we, we all feel like the, the airlines rip us off. But just... just uh, you don't want them going under, <laughs> you know, you don't want them going under you. Sure. You want them accountable, but you do not want them to fail, uh, as a, as a business. You don't, um, you don't want anybody to fail. Maybe the airlines have a, a little bit of a help in their misery right now because of gas prices and oil prices and fuel prices being down. Maybe their costs go down a bit, but still, if nobody's on them, doesn't matter how little the gas prices are, you're not going to be able to survive for very long. I, I, I mean, I honestly, I look at this thing and I think, okay, 
depending on how long this lasts. And I've heard I've heard people say this is going to be a two week thing and it'll be under control within a couple of weeks, at least leveled off so no one's in a full panic anymore and everything gets back to normal. And I've heard six months. And don't forget it is leveling off in China where it began. We're seeing we that. Think. We believe. I mean, how much are you believing the leadership well, of China? They're the ones who never alerted anybody of this thing before. You know what? I think uh, the scientific world has their way of connecting with the the, the people. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be optimistic and say that that's probably uh, true. But yeah, uh, how long? And that's that's the thing. You've got. And, and you've got the other side of this, which is what we've been talking about, the prevention thing and slowing it down so that the hospital systems can, can treat those that need hospitalization, healthcare. If you slow that down, then you really, you keep the coronavirus thing going where the economies are concerned for a lot, for a lot longer. You, you, know, you see mm. what I'm saying? Like, as long as it's kind of around, the fear will be around. Um, but... We have to slow it down. Let me ask you something about this. And I think Scott Thompson wrote something about this today in his in his blog or in his online post. I think I saw, I didn't read it. I didn't get a chance to read it, but I saw the headline go by. You mentioned about China and we mentioned about China. We've talked about a few times because that's where this thing really got going. The fact that they didn't do anything about this when it first came to light when they were aware that this was going on, this was growing, this was starting to expand. They, we've talked about it a couple of times. They made this doctor who wanted to warn the world. They made him sign something or try to sign something saying this isn't real. And then does China owe the world something after this? I mean, it sounds crazy perhaps, but out of wartime, we get this. Does China owe the world reparations or something for uh, basically allowing something to happen that has devastated the world's like, economy. Like, like what? More cheap garden furniture mm. or shoes or... Well, I mean, look, when in, in wartime, and I realize we're not in wartime per se, but in wartime, you, if you're the country that was the, the aggressor, the agitator, you are often having to pay cash towards other stuff to rebuild an economy, to rebuild a country. I don't know if, I mean, I don't even know if there's, China's not... Well, we don't have tens of thousands of people dead from this. Not yet. And hopefully not, and I don't believe there will be. And it's not the same as dropping bombs on people. It really isn't. No. So, no, is my answer. No reparations required. Maybe an apology, but no reparations. But you're not going to get an apology out of China, because they're, they're in their own world. Okay, <laughs> do, you, do you then take sanctions against them for this kind of thing? Do you, and now you would need more than one or two countries. That, Does the world sh- say... Sh- sure, great idea, except, you know, we're tied to, to them economically business is tied to them still so you're but this only... has not has this not been and you're right but has this not been part of the danger that some people have been yelling there's a difference of opinion on this for sure but some people in yelling don't be getting too closely tied this is the whole Huawei thing the 5G don't get too closely tied because you don't want to get into bed with somebody you don't necessarily want to trust right and that was a that was a valid uh, question and a, and a valid argument uh, that should have been made and considered, and perhaps uh, the decision was a bad one to to offshore all the manufacturing that used to exist in North America uh, back then. That's when that question should have been asked and examined more carefully, I think. But greed always wins out uh, in these things, and now you've got to live with what you've got and uh, until you can start reshoring more of these businesses, which I think is happening, but not at the level that we would all want it to. 
I find it hard to believe that when this whole thing is over and when things settle down and when we do begin to cast our eyes back more fully to the economy because the medical emergency is passed, I do find it hard to believe that there are not going to be demands that China do something. And I have no idea what that would be. I have no idea what that would be. And I have no idea if there's enough countries that would stand up to them to make anything happen or if they would just laugh at it. I don't, I, I don't think there would be. I don't think there would be. I mean, they are, they are an intrinsic part of the global economy. They are a massive number of people. Those, those, we, you know, they manufacture stuff cheap. We got to have them. So what year was SARS? I can't remember. 2002, roughly? Because yeah. we had the, the concert was yeah. 2003. Just so after be... the, just a, a couple of years after the millennium bug was going to bring everything yeah, to a crashing halt. Yeah, then 9-11. All right. So in 2002, we had SARS come out of China. And now we've got this coming well, out of we China. We had H1N1 in H1... 2009. So that, I mean, this, be, so how do you trust then? That because clearly there is nothing to do with uh, government or people making decisions. It doesn't. It doesn't. It has to do with uh, it has to do with compressed humanity on a certain landmass that it has to do with Mother Nature. Wherever wherever there is mass humanity on a landmass, you know, I'm, I'm not an epidemiologist, but I think some of them would say that's your that's the best place for a mutated bug to start doing its thing. It wants those hosts. True, true. But as we've said- Extent in, of my degree. No, but as we've said in, many, said in many other countries, as soon as it becomes a problem, you do everything you can to stop it there. It was allowed to percolate for a number of weeks before- That's a problem. And, and so how do you trust that that's not going to happen again? I don't, I think after this, you definitely cannot. Like You can't like, trust. Well, I think like three, three strikes and you're out. You know, like it, the next time something like this happens, everybody's going to be on those guys like white on rice. No, no pun intended. You know, like they're going to just be saying, look, you know, got to got to get this together. If, if we know if the rest of the world knows about it in enough time, like. I don't know. I don't know. It goes we back need more to spies in China. That's well, what we need. It goes back to my point from before need, about whether we should have closed the border. Should we be? We can't do it now. And and I mean, I suppose there's no sense in hindsight being twenty twenty. Of course, we should have. But for next time, because here's the thing: when you go through a situation like we're in, or with SARS before, or H one N one, what you hope, what you really hope, in my mind, is that at the end of it, you sit down with all your experts and you devise a plan. So now we've got twice. And H1N1 maybe, but I mean, SARS and this are very similar viruses. So now we know there is a, probably a very good chance that down the road, there will be something else like this. It may be five years, 10 years, 20 years. Of course there will. What is the plan that we can implement immediately as opposed to waiting for that to happen and then getting a whole bunch of new experts who come in? You mean in Canada? In Canada, in the States, in the rest of the world. I think Canada and the United States had that. They had that plan. I know what you're saying about we should have locked the borders down and stopped them from coming in from China or where and maybe Italy and Iran right away. Fine. But but Canada and the United States did learn from SARS and did learn from H1N1. I can't speak for China, but it doesn't appear that they did. But we did. The problem is the United States decided when they got a new government to gut all the things that had been put in place to deal with things like this, but this is and a, now they're caught with their pants down. But I'm talking about a world thing as well. With so Europe, Dr. Mike Pence So Europe is 
overrun by this right now. So Europe didn't learn or learned but didn't take the advice that the people from SARS or H1N1 had given them. Somehow, when there is something like this that we learn of in a country, whether it's China, whether it's anywhere... Well, there's too much division of culture and thought in Europe. There's all these different countries that don't not all right think now alike. Now, now they're all dealing with the same thing, and they're all trying I, to solve I, I the know, same problem. I know, but I'm talking about in terms of advanced planning. It seems to me that... How if do you, you get everybody on side? Well, it seems to me that now you've got enough examples of this thing that you put something in place, whether it's with the United Nations, that I still think is a ridiculous body more often than not. But if you're, gonna, if you're going to have a United Nations, let's at least make them good for one thing, and that is we're going to have a plan locked down in place that the next time we stumble upon a virus, whether it's from China or anywhere else, well, I don't care if it's North America, South America, Africa, wherever, we have a plan that that country is bottled in while we figure this thing out and we don't let it spread all over the world first. Sounds like a very good idea to me. I'll I'll sign the but petition. But we don't we don't ever do it. No, we that's don't ever true. do it. And I, and again, I think it's all because of it's all because of of politics, economics, and political correctness, which is your bugaboo and mine. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show podcast on 900 CHML. Jamie West in studio. We're talking about everything that's been happening. And okay, so the economy. Uh, I didn't mention this last segment. The Dow Jones down. 2,352 points today. Wow. The TSX down 1,761 points today. Uh, if you have, I said this earlier in the week and I'll say it again, if you have money in the stock market, your retirement, and you are not already sick from coronavirus, don't look at your stocks or you will get sick. But Warren Buffett would tell you to um, uh, buy, buy a whole bunch uh, more stuff while it's while the market's off, if you've got the time, meaning that you know you're at a certain age as an investor, invest in toilet paper great, stocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> toilet paper and Cottonelle hand sanitizer are through the roof. Hand sanitizer. But, but by the way, my, my wife was uh, was in uh, a, a grocery store tonight, and and believe believe it or not, she was in a Fortino store locally, and there was an insane rush on toilet paper. And and we, I, she said to me, should I get toilet paper? And I said, just get a, a twelve pack, you know, like we need it anyway. So she sent the little guy, the little seven year old, and he got between all the adults that and managed to grab him. Can you believe this is going on? I we are we are this is nuts. We are close in our Settle family down. to needing to refresh the toilet paper supply. I am terrified of going to the store and being caught. Being shut out? No, 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 no! Not being shut oh, out. That someone it. that someone is going to Order! see me and think Order! I'm one of the nutty people Order. who are hoarding toilet paper. No, I just need the twelve rolls to get me. Sure, you the- do. You can have one square. Like yeah, I can't spare a square. <laughs> the um, where were we? Well, so we were saying the stock markets. We're talking about this. The stock markets. Uh, the virus. Uh, more cases. Another one or two in Hamilton. Um, the schools closing after March break for two weeks, um, on and on and on China, everything's going on. And then we get pretty much every league, every sports league, the NBA started it and major league baseball, national hockey league, the Ontario hockey league, the Bulldogs now are on hiatus. Um, you have, uh, uh, national lacrosse league is done. The NCAA has canceled March madness for men and for women. Uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Western Hockey League, the Memorial Cup is in question. Now, you go down the list. It is everywhere. It's, it seems, except for the PGA, they're carrying on with their tournament, which I don't know if it makes a difference that it's all outdoors and that you're, the air is blowing. Or, uh, who knows? 
good ideas or overkill? I said at the beginning of the show, my position is that it's it's sad, but it's it's a good idea, and I think it sets it sets an example. I think those big league sports are followed by a lot of people. For for a lot of people, sports is religion, and um, I think that it's I think that it's setting a good example. Uh, frankly, uh, it's sad. I know. I think I heard the Detroit Pistons coach on last night talking about the NBA thing, saying. You know, it's sad because during times of crisis, people would lean on on sports as a way to, you know, help uh, soothe their anxieties and and things. And and yeah, that's 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 the truth. But um, I just think in this situation, uh, they're showing great leadership uh, by by saying, yeah, we're going to follow the advice. We're going to listen to the experts. I had a pair of Raptors tickets. I was going to take my wife to her first Raptors game on Saturday. Oh, that's a bummer. No, so that's not happening. Do you get money back for those? Like, how does that work? Uh, uh, you must. It'll, they'll, yeah, they're not going to keep yeah. your money. It's a... It, but I got a trip planned for June, a four-day trip uh, out of country to to an island. And the resort set, sent me a note today saying, tomorrow we're going to ding your credit card for the balance of, of what you owe. And I had to sit and think... You know, do I pull the ripcord? It's in, it's mid June, mm-hmm. but I didn't. By then, I'm going to let it go through. You know, the, uh, it goes back to this this whole thing with sports. Though it goes back to something that we talked about earlier, and that is I, where I struggle with this. And I, I understand well, you're a sports guy, yeah, no, but I understand think? why they're doing it. Once the NBA did this yesterday because they had a player that tested positive. Once the NBA said they were out, everybody else kind of had to because now. Not only do you look callous if you don't, but heaven forbid if you carry on with your games and someone in the crowd can trace their getting of the virus back to when you're at the game, you will be sued within an inch of your life. I mean, it'd be horrible. And then, you know, you're, you look like you don't care about your fans and you're just all about the dollar and everything else. So they all had to pretty much shut her down. They did. And you, you can't, you can't screen for demographics. You can't say, uh, you're over 65, you're out, you, you can come in. How old are you? I'm 39. Okay. You can come in. But that's, this is the part where, and it goes back to what I said earlier. I do think that there is something to be said for applying wisdom to your own situation. We have to take individual responsibility. If you're 80, all of us. If you're 75, if you're 80, if you're 85, I do believe that probably with this, you have to behave a little differently than someone who's 20. I'm sorry if that sounds unfair. I'm sorry if that sounds like life is treating you poorly. It doesn't, though. That's just the reality. There is almost, almost, if you go look at the numbers, there is almost nobody under 60 who has died of coronavirus in the world. But that's the right advice that you're giving now for that 75-year-old um, and to self-isolate. You know, it's not that big a deal. You're retired, you're 75. It shouldn't be that big a deal. You know, so you're already isolated as it is. Your kids probably aren't talking to you because they hate you. So you're isolated let's, anyway. Let's hope that's not the case. But if you were, I mean, look, I was wondering today. <laughs> Just if, saying. I was wondering today if happens. the leagues could have put something in that said, understanding that the people who are at greatest risk of this are over sixty. We're not canceling games yet, but if you're over sixty, we will refund your tickets if you, for you, if you prefer, or over fifty, or we will allow anyone to refund their tickets. It's your choice. I understand that some people say, well, come on, that's just going to keep it going because not everyone who's in that dangerous demographic is going to follow through. Do we not expect normally 
people to look after themselves and make decisions that are good for If you... You better start now if, if you, you haven't you, been doing it up until now. If you drink a giant bottle of bleach and get sick... Yeah, too bad. We don't say, well, you know, we have to blame... Well, maybe some do, but we, we have to blame the, the fact yeah. that th- that bleach was Clorox. in your house. How could you possibly know you weren't supposed to drink bleach? Well, we like to believe that you have the capacity to make wise decisions as a mature adult. Well, my concern, and my, I hear you on that. And my concern about all of that is that we have this, uh, we, we, we have this uh, sense about us. And again, social media has created this, that, we, that we're somehow Teflon on a lot of things. We have this over uh, sense uh, that we're untouchable, untouchable uh, and that we, we matter more than the greater good too, that, that our needs and, and wants and desires are more important. So number one, if you're of that mindset, this isn't going to happen to me. You know, Radley was on, West was on talking about how, you know, it's only happening to old people. They're the only ones getting hit hard, but so this isn't going to happen to me. So I don't, I didn't so say couldn't it. just for the record. Right. We didn't say couldn't. We right. said hasn't. Right. But, and so this is, you know, this is, you're of that mindset. This is, this isn't going to happen to me. And what makes it worse is if you're already there, then it's not a stretch. In fact, it's just the next dot to connect, which is then I don't have to do any of this stuff that these doctors and scientists are saying. That's for other people. Those kinds of things and protocols are for other people. They're not for me. No, not this time. And then comes part three. And if something does happen to me, and I've ignored all the advice. It is someone else's fault because they didn't stop me from doing this. Absolutely. And we don't want, I don't believe that in our society, I don't believe we want governments telling us what to do more often. Than not. I think we want more often than not for governments to say, here's the information, make wise decisions that are going to protect yourself. I certainly don't want, I mean, I know they're shutting down the schools. A lot of idiots out there though. I understand that, but we don't want, we want to believe that people can be wise enough and smart enough generally. Now, I mean, look, I know people do stupid stuff. They do stupid stuff all the time and you always shake your head and say, what were you thinking? That's right. As your show show says every Saturday morning. This show might pick up a couple of listeners on the weekend. We'll be up to four if that happens. But my goodness, like this seems to me to be one of the things that you could have tried maybe before shutting this whole thing down to say, we will refund tickets for anybody who doesn't want to come. Unquestionable. No no questions asked. We will just refund your ticket. And we would encourage if you are over 60 years old or over 50 to be safe, you not to come to our games. We will refund your tickets. We'll even give you a, a, a... thing for a free ticket or for a dip for a ticket next year instead of a refund you can have a ticket for a game next year to come back the problem would be though and i recognize this you're trusting the intelligence and the wise decision making of people 95 percent who might do it but the five percent who wouldn't you go well now what you're listening to the scott radley show podcast on 900 chml in studio with Jamie West, got a few minutes left, and Jamie, we were just talking before the break about the sad reality that whatever rules we might put in place to try to not have to come down with the hammer on all of society, whatever rules we might put in place that we would trust that individuals would look after themselves and save the rest of us, we know from experience that that is fake. And let me tell you a story from Italy. Now, Italy, we know right now has become the new ground zero of this coronavirus situation. 
And there is a story here that a 50-year-old guy from a Venetian, a town near Venice, who was quarantined because he had tested positive for this and was supposed to be in quarantine, decided to sneak out and go skiing, which would have been fine had he not crashed and broken his femur mm. and been taken back to hospital where they checked See, him in and went, God will get you. Wait a second. You're, you're, you're supposed to be in quarantine. You have this thing, you know. That's justice. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of cheering for people's misfortune. Oh, oh, that's justice. This one, though, you kind of go, if you've got a disease that the world is terrified of and you can't stay in your house for 14 days, not because you, not just as a, you have the disease. It's not a caution not to get it. You're carrying this. Yeah. You're that selfish. That's the the point before the break, right? You're that selfish. You can't, you can't wait 14 days to go skiing because it's too important to you. I wonder what would happen if Italy had put a law in place that said, if you do sneak out and You'll require be shot medical, on the spot. No, no, but if you <laughs> require <laughs> medical attention, no bones will be reset for you. <laughs> you have to wait until your quarantine expires before we'll reset your or bones. we'll have three guys outside your apartment with crowbars to break your legs. Well, I see. I don't like that either. That's a little, <laughs> that's a little violent. I did not know you to be but a it, violent man. No, You're, it, I'm, I'm not, but Jamie but West knee breaker. But if you knew that that was a possibility, wouldn't you stay in? Oh, you'd stay in. Right. Have snipers all down the roofs of the main street. Nobody has to do anything. You just have to make that a real possibility. And then you got to say to yourself, oh, I'm going to roll the dice. Like, forget it. Just electrify the streets. Just, and if you step out there, you'll get zapped. This guy won't be the last one. No, he won't. No, he won't. Be- and, and he won't be the last one there. He won't be the last one here. And there are cases, and, and look, this one's a, a ridiculous case. This one's a truly ridiculous case because it's just so stupid. There are going to be cases here where people who are supposed to be in quarantine leave because they don't have food in their house or because they need toilet paper or whatever else. And those are more complicated than than this guy doing this. Uh, can I give you a story that is totally not coronavirus? We, we have a few minutes left. No. Let us move away from coronavirus no. just for a few minutes. I know it's it's hard to believe that we've run out. We haven't run out. We could do another nine hour show. I know. We could do we a marathon should. here. Let's Maybe. stay on. Just take over the airwaves. Yeah. Who's going to come in and get us? No one's going to leave their house. Alex is on after us, right? Alex is on well, after I mean, us. She'll understand. I'll call her now. Uh, but I do want to read the story to you that um, in tech, in a Dallas suburb, <laughs> love this story, in a Dallas suburb, um, a demolition company was hired to take down a house for a rebuild. They were, a person had bought a lot, bought a house and was going to knock down the house so they could build their dream home. Mm-hmm. Somehow, because I would think that if I had hired the company, I want to come and watch the house being destroyed. That's kind of be fun. fun. Sure. Years ago, a friend of mine, one of my best friends had lived very near to me and they had sold their house. It was a beautiful house. But it was a little, getting a little long in the tooth and the people who bought the house wanted to build something new and modern. And so my buddy and his two older brothers, they were all slightly touched. Wonderful, lovely guys. I love them, but they were all a little... Slightly touched. You know, I haven't heard that expression and, since the seventies. I love that. They that said, means they were wackos. Well, they were. We, we they, they were mild wackos. My buddy invented this game that we played in his backyard on the trampoline. <laughs> he had a trampoline, and we invented this game called Kill. This gives you oh great. And here, for all you kids out there who need something to do on remark. quarantine, you put a tennis ball on the trampoline. You get as many people as you want to play, 
and you have to bounce. Everyone has to bounce three times, and then the point is you get a point if you can grab the tennis ball as it's bouncing, but the other guys can do anything to stop you. So we drop kick each other off the trampoline and get booted in the head. Anyway, when their house was sold, they asked the person who was buying it, knowing it was going to be torn down. They said, do you mind if we do a little damage inside the house? And the new owner said, nope. And they signed a paper and said, no, you're clear. Go ahead, do whatever you want. We're tearing this place down. And they were chucking the toilets out the upstairs windows and they were smashing every pane in of glass. In their old house. In their old house. They left the place. Now, it was going down the next day anyway. So no big right. deal. And they had a little fun. So I would go and watch. Very sentimental. Uh, I would go and watch <laughs> this house be destroyed. But back to my story. Yeah. In, Dal- in this Dallas suburb, well, whoever bought this house to be torn down, maybe they were at work, maybe they're out of the country, they weren't there. Little problem. The the home demolition company got one number wrong on the address. Oh, <laughs> no. So the neighbor's house came down. The neighbor's down. house is gone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You would think, you would think that the first time you knocked a wall out and it was still fully furnished, that might have been a hint that something was going well, horribly wrong. They left wrong. everything in here. Boy, that's weird. That really, leather couch looks new. They really hate their stuff and their dog. They and, want and that seventy-inch TV screen. It looks great and their dog. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a video and there's. There's a grandmother in there. I'm trying to decide who is more horrified at the end of the day. The demolition company who's like, we did what? Or the neighbor whose house it is, who comes home and it's now gone. Or the people who gave them, who may have given them the wrong address for all we know. Who knows? You may have just, it's a new property. Maybe you said 146 instead of 148. What a screw up. I can't. <laughs> Only in the U.S. of A. No. Yes. No, no. That could, yes. I, stupidity can happen everywhere. I well, Look, we've had doctors. More there than here. Maybe. We've had doctors <laughs> na- who have in the past amputated the wrong leg. That's oh, why yeah. doctors now it. have to mark yeah. it and sign this it. This one. And the patient has to sign it. Big X. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've read stories of men, oh, men who scary. have had male parts that were supp- one that was supposed to be removed and it was cancerous or something and they accidentally cut out the oh, other one. one. You know, yeah. stuff happens. Stuff happens. So, yeah. you know, you want to think you're going to be careful, but That's wiping brutal. out your neighbor's home. And, and the other part about this, Jamie, is as bad as this is, the thought is you're going to be these people's neighbor for a long time. How? <laughs> well, whose insurance pays for that? Well, like, like, what a mess. How do you start your neighborly relationship? With <laughs> litigation. Litigation, <laughs> but them coming home and their house is missing. Yeah. Uh, oops. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Everybody okay over there? Sorry about that. I don't know if oops covers it. The Hitachi backhoe game. Through what the happened building. to our little bird, Chirpy? Well, he, he... Yeah, he flew the coop. No, he didn't fly the coop. <laughs> he, uh, he got crushed. He's now flat Stanley. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, that is a, that is a, so word of caution. I mean, it kind of ties into everything we've been talking about today. Just be careful. Double check. Double check. Be careful. Be cautious. Exactly. Whether it's knocking down a house or walking around with coronavirus. Exactly. Be careful. All right. Last time for your quiz question. And don't go to Disney. They're not, they're closed. Disneyland, not Disney World yet. Anaheim. Anaheim. Disney World. Disney World is utopia. It'll stay open forever. Florida will announce tomorrow, I predict. I get five bucks. Yeah. There you go. Go ahead. Good thing we went last December. Get it in there before. Yeah, uh, good timing. Good timing. I hope there was no coronavirus there when we were there. There was just happiness and joy is what there was. Jamie West, thanks for coming in. Always appreciate it. Business doing pleasure with you. The Scott Radley Show. Weekday evenings from 6 to 8 on 900 CHML.
The Scott Radley Show podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Radley. Thanks again for listening, and do not forget to subscribe to this podcast. It is free. You will never miss an episode. And also, be sure you rate us and review us. Whatever you think of us, we'll take it. Thanks for listening.